Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Brother Joseph. Blog All right, your mic is live. Have a great show. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Blog Talk Radio. There's a train a-coming You don't need no baggage You just get on board All you need is faith To hear the diesel's humming You don't need no ticket You just thank the Lord I say you just thank the Lord You just thank the Lord So people get ready for the train to Jordan, picking up passengers coast to coast. Faith is the key, open the doors and boredom. There's hope for all, among those loved the most, you know they've been loved the They've been loved the most. There ain't no room for the hopeless sinner who would hurt all mankind. Just to save his own Have pity on those Whose chances grow thinner For there's no hiding place Against the kingdom's throne You know there's no hiding place There's no hiding place So people get ready There's a train you don't need no baggage You just get on board All you need is faith To hear the diesel's humming You don't need no ticket You just thank the Lord I say you just thank the Lord You just thank the Lord that's why I'm here to say that I believe, I believe, we're gonna make it one day, brothers, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, sure enough, I truly Thank you. 
Thank you. Peace and blessings, peace and blessings. In the name of the all-wise, true and living God, the beneficent, the most merciful, the architect of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and all that is in between. Certainly, I could never thank Allah enough for intervening in the affairs of men in the person of Master W. Fad Muhammad, to whom all praise is due forever. I could never thank Allah enough, Master Fad Muhammad, for finding one and raising one in the person of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the nation of Islam. And I could never thank Master Fad Muhammad and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad enough for leaving with us in this dispensation of time more than a divine reminder, a supreme example, a warner to the nations of the world in the person of the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In those three great yet humble names, I'm honored to greet my brothers and sisters once again on the line with the greeting words of peace, Assalamu alaikum, meaning peace be unto you for those who may not be familiar with that greeting, which is actually a prayer. We welcome you to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, a weekly program that comes before you every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, same place, same station, Certainly you can log on to www.blogtalkradio slash blackholeradio, whole spelled W-H-O-L-E, forward slash disaster awareness for community preparedness. I am your co-host, Brother Youssef Muhammad, along with Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. We welcome you, we welcome you, and we pray that all is well with you and your families. Uh, We encourage you to call in at 563-999-3089. Again, that's 563-999-3089. And if you would like to engage in conversation, you can press the number one on your phone pad, and our wonderful engineers from Black Hole Radio will bring you into the studio with your question, comment, or concern. Again, we welcome all to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, where we want you to become self-reliant in taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. Like the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would sing, or the sister-sister group Mary Mary, we need you to survive. Uh, This program promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people in how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you to determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, 
their family, their neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Once again, we welcome you to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. If I might just share with you a little rule of engagement, we humbly encourage you to have some type of recording device, whether it's your cell phone, your smartphone, your iPad, your iPod, or the old school pen, pencil, and pad to take notes because in these next two hours, Lord willing, inshallah, you will receive uh, quite a bit of information, and it's hard to uh, retain it. However, the best recording device is your mind, and so if you can retain it, then we say all praise is due to Allah, to God be the glory. However, feel free to call a friend, call your family, tap into your database, your network system, and let them know uh, the importance of tuning into a show like this. Uh, the language might not be as sexy as you might be uh, accustomed to hearing talk shows, if you will. You know Brother Rudolph and I, you know, we, we keep it live. And, you know, if you were to go back into the 90s and be a part of that hip-hop genre, uh, I believe it was Black Sheep who said, you can get with this or you can get with that, but I'm going to get with this because disaster preparedness is where it's at. So once again, we welcome you to another weekly edition of the show. I don't know if you've been in tune with the news today, the current events, but there was a 7.0 magnitude earthquake that struck Anchorage, Alaska today. So I'm going to tune into a little clip that came out of CNN News, and then we'll get back with the program. live coverage from Alaska. This is our CNN affiliate there, KTVA. Now the media building where KTVA broadcasts from, those are the windows from the corporate offices and the sales offices. This windows blown out. The structure of the roof just collapsed. Uh, we can't even get into our studio right now. There were computers flying, cameras toppling over. Oh, yeah, there's some of the glass coming out of the window there. So it is uh, absolute destruction. And we said over a 7.0 earthquake here in the Anchorage area. And, again, uh, tsunami warnings. Hopefully you're safe where, wherever you are. If you're on Kodiak Island, you're saying get inland? Get inland. Get inland. So I'm sure you're going to see a lot of people uh, Facebook Live and from around uh, the Anchorage area today. We're just waiting for the okay to go back in the building. But there was a little bit of an aftershock, which uh, part of the structure of the roof with that aftershock, um, I, I don't want to, like the siding, the paneling just came tumbling down. So it's probably not good to be standing too close to the building here. Uh, but no aftershocks at the moment. But, uh, man, have not felt an earthquake like that ever. And I, you know, No power in Wasilla, someone said last. So we're hearing no power in Wasilla. Somebody on Facebook said that. And uh, our friend Will Sandin, right, his family lives out in Wasilla. Official from the National Weather Service, a 7.2 earthquake. That's preliminary show. This comes in from the National Weather Service. 7.2 earthquake reported 10 miles northeast of Anchorage, Alaska. So the reason it did feel so strong was because it was so close to us here in Anchorage. Tsunami warning in effect for the Cook Inlet. So if you're anywhere near the Cook Inlet, you're going to want to get inland. But it's not expected to spread too far away from there. But still, it's right here. You want to get in. Well, brothers and sisters, you heard the report there. That was at 9 a.m. this morning. 
uh, on the West Coast. Here we are at 4.11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you may think because it happened in Anchorage, Alaska, that it's not impacting you. Well, far be it from the truth. Uh, as we say here on Disaster Preparedness, week in and week out, just like in the movies, when you look at the trailers, they say coming to a city near you soon. And so this is the time that we're in, brothers and sisters, and it's incumbent upon us to consider taking another step towards disaster awareness for community preparedness. Before you can prepare, you have to become aware. And what we say here every week, we ask the question, when did the prophet Noah build the ark? Well, without you twisting your brain up, the answer is, before the flood came. And so if, in fact, you have not been impacted uh, recently by the fires on the West Coast, the tornadoes in the Midwest, the Nor'easter uh, on the, in the Northeast, uh, the potential hurricanes, well, the hurricanes that hit the Southeast, uh, brothers and sisters, um, <laughs> I understand in Chicago just yesterday got eight inches. We're living in perilous times. It's in the scripture for those who believe in prophecy. I believe it's in the book of Matthew that talks about wars and rumors of wars, pestilence and earthquakes. But these are just the beginning of sorrows. But there is something you can do about it before it hits your city. And let us, uh, again, let me encourage you because you said, well, Brother Yusef, what do you do if an earthquake uh, hits our area? Well, what you do before it hits your area, you stay consistent in prayer for those who believe in prayer, and you know that the Creator has, uh, has a plan for us, but we have to want to take a step toward that which is right in order to be uh, protected as best as possible. You see, it was back-to-back -back earthquakes, one measuring a 7.0 and then a 5.7 rocked the buildings and the roads in Anchorage. Uh, my sister just sent me a picture. Someone sent her. The roads are devastated. I mean, cracked up like, like crackers, if you will, if you put them in your hand. You know, there are warnings. Uh, for the residents of Kodiak to flee to higher ground for fear of a tsunami. Or after an earthquake, you know, a tsunami normally follows, and then there are aftershocks that normally uh, follows. The warning was lifted without incident a short time later. There are no immediate reports of any deaths and serious injuries. However, again, I'm reading uh, from uh, CNN's report, uh, that came out earlier today. So I know once they do uh, uh, recovery phase, um, there'll, there'll be more st statistics coming out. Uh, I'm going to tune into the weather report as we broadcast here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Again, brothers and sisters, if you have any questions, uh, comments, or concerns relative to, you know, what's in the news, which is current news, then certainly will try to assist you in uh, getting you better prepared today than you were yesterday. 
this is a solutions-based program. It's not just, you know, telling you of what's going on, but based on best practices and lessons learned, we will share with you the update information that we have from various sources. Um, I know because the season that we're in, and this comes from the weekly uh, FEMA uh, individual and com- uh, community preparedness e-brief, if you will, electronic brief, they are recommending that you winterize your home. It can bring, as you know, the winter season, extreme cold, ice, snow, or high winds. If bad weather hits, is your home ready? Take time before winter weather arrives to winterize your home. Make sure your walls and attic have enough insulation. This preparation will help keep you warm in extreme cold. As a bonus, you can reduce energy waste and save on your electricity bills. You want to caulk and weather strip your doors and your windows. You want to keep indoor space heaters at least three feet away from anything that can burn. Again, if you have indoor space heaters, uh, you want to keep it away uh, from anything that can burn. And technically speaking, you're never supposed to heat your home with a stove, even though we know, depending on people's living conditions, if, in fact, that's the only means of heat, we know of those, if not ourselves, at one time or another, assisted uh, with the heat by putting on the stove. But it's really a fire hazard. Uh, if you but understood. Now, one of the things that is uh, potentially happening and and can happen where you are, particularly during this winter season, you can prepare for a power outage. Severe winter weather may cause power outages. Are you ready if the lights go out? Prepare now to make sure you stay safe if you lose power. Make a list of anything you need that uses electricity. Plan for batteries and other alternatives to meet your needs when the power goes out. Plan if you have medication that needs to be refrigerated. Talk to your doctor about what to do with medicine if you lose power. Make sure You have a flashlight and extra batteries at home. Have enough non-perishable food and water for your family. And keep your mobile phones charged and gas. uh, Keep your gas tanks full. For more information, you can go to uh, www.ready.gov. Slash power outages. That's the uh, FEMA uh, website to learn more about uh, preparing for power outages or winterizing your home. Now, what about recognizing frostbite? You see, winter is here. If your area experiences extreme cold, you could be at risk for developing frostbite when you spend time outdoors. It's important to know the signs if you or something you know develops or someone you know develops frostbite. You want to consider 
the following points. Redness or pain in any skin area may be the first sign of frostbite. Other signs of frostbite include numbness, white or gray skin, and firm or waxy skin. You may also want to consider the body parts most affected by frostbite, which are your nose, your ears, your toes, your cheeks, your chin, and your fingers. If you or someone you know has frostbite, Go to a warm room, soak in warm water, or use body heat to warm. Don't massage or put a heating pad on frostbitten skin. Do not massage or put a heating pad on frostbitten skin. And, of course, to learn more about recognizing uh, the frostbite, you can go to the same uh, website, FEMA's website, uh, www.ready.gov forward slash uh, either power outages, recognizing frostbite, or winterizing your home. You're listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I am your co-host, Brother Yusef Muhammad, and uh, Brother Rudolph has been... um, He's trying to make adjustments to come onto the show today. However, until then, I'll just hold it down for you, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, and we pray that you'll come into the studio and ask any questions relative to what we have uh, offered you uh, thus far. Of course, um, we kept you abreast of the current event of the earthquake that took place this morning in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, We've shared with you thus far, um, considering winterizing your home, preparing for a power outage, and recognizing frostbite. Also, we have to share on this program that what we are experiencing today is as much spiritual as it is physical. So to the degree we're studying the climactic conditions, and the atmosphere of what's going on physically, the same things are going on uh, spiritually. Um, A couple of things come to mind. First of all, in terms of disaster awareness for community preparedness, the importance of awareness and preparedness is as such this. Again, ask yourself the question, where will you be when disaster strikes? And then where will other members, your loved ones, of your family be when disaster strikes? Because there's a good possibility that all of us will not be together. So you might be at home. Your spouse or significant other may be at work. Your children may be at school. The elders in your family may be at a social venue, if you will, be it the library, the mall, the recreation center. So we consider four basic things, and that is this. Number one, you have to make a plan. You have to become informed. Excuse me, that's number one, to become informed. and That's why we're glad you're joining us here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. 
to be informed. That's number one. Number two is to make a plan, to make a plan. Number three is to develop a disaster or survival kit, and there are many levels of that, you know, one as if a kit to establish and develop for everyone in your home if you have to stay in place, one if you have to evacuate, you'll have to be able to carry it, and uh, it just will be to your advantage to keep a go bag, if you will, in your car. Remember, every member of your family, if possible, will have to carry their own go bag if you have to evacuate. And then the fourth thing is once you make a plan and develop your survival kit, whether or not you have to evacuate or you have to stay in place, you want to periodically reassess that kit, reassess that plan. Uh, don't get comfortable once you develop something and say, okay, well, I got it, and that's it. You know, if everybody does a little, then nobody has to do a lot. But at the same time, in the fire service, we used to have this terminology called, um, wow, just, just as I'm thinking about it, uh, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. It just escaped me. I'll come back to it. So forgive me, brothers and sisters, but... What it means is knowing what to do, when to do, where to do, how to do. I know when I said that, it'll come back to me. It's called situational awareness, situational awareness, knowing what to do, when to do, how to do, right? And, you know, like a coach, you have to know your personnel as well. How many elders do you have in your family? Does someone have a certain uh, disability that you need to be concerned about? Uh, uh, are, who's on medication in your family? Do you have any pets? It's situational awareness. Everybody uh, is unique in what they can develop, should develop, but at least we should not only stay focused, observation, concentration, and submission <laughs> but we need to keep our head on a swivel as well. It sounds like someone's trying to call in. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Please state your name and how may we serve you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. My name is Rasul Muhammad, your little brother that you just abandoned. But anyway, uh, that's not what I called <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm enjoying sir. you, um, my dear brother. This is my first time um, calling in to listen to this program. And, of course, um, as yourself, I'm constantly listening to the news and trying to stay up on everything that is happening around the globe and, and of course, in this country and the science of and directive for disaster preparedness, I think, should be, according to the times that we're living in now, number one. It should be the number one topic because the thing that disaster attacks and leaves in peril so many human beings, 
is comes when we are at an ignorant state of mind. Mm. And I'd like to just make a comment about how the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, in all of his teaching, he's constantly telling us to look to the weather, look to That's the right. weather, look to the weather. And uh, in looking to the weather, that should automatically make a person prepare, prepare in advance for the events that are already, we hear, happening around the globe. And the Honorable Louis Farrakhan additionally said that you'll hear of these disasters, these strange weather reports happening on the outside of the United States, but yet they will be coming in closer and closer until we start mm -hmm. seeing them throughout the United States. And I'd like to just make a statement and, and a compliment. I think the way that you are telling us what to do, what we should have in preparation uh, Brother Yusuf is absolutely awesome, and you're doing it. It's very clear. And I just would like All to add from yes, sir. I would like to add from a metaphysical standpoint, and mm. this is not according to those who take metaphysics almost as a religion. No, just from the name or the word meta to the mental beyond the physical, preparedness would mean that, number one, we see the intimate relationship between the thinking and the behavior of human beings and how it affects the weather, rain, hail, mm -hmm. snow, and earthquakes. These things, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, were the four great judgments of America, rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes. And all of these different weather conditions are fueled by the thinking and the behavior of human beings. One day when I was ministering in Miami in the seventh region of the nation of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan called me up on the phone because of these hurricanes that were hitting as usual. And we've mm -hmm. just come through the hurricane season in uh, Miami, in Florida, the Caribbean. But this big one was headed our way, and the minister called me up, Brother Yusuf, and said, Wow, son, there must be a lot of sin mm. and transgression going on down there in Florida for these massive hurricanes to be striking the coast. And that's an example of from the metaphysical to the mental beyond the physical that mm. should be of great consideration because remember even from the Bible uh, brother Yusuf mm. 
Mm-hmm. We're taught that everything was made subservient to man. Mm-hmm. The birds, the bees, the plants, the trees, even the sun, moon, and stars. And if everything in creation was made subservient to man, then the thinking of man is what fuels storms. And even beyond the weather storms, it fuels the storms in our interpersonal relationships. So Hmm. if it's the mind, the mind is really where it's at. The state of people's mind and thinking and behavior is where it's at. You can do it like this, (laughs) or you can do it like that. (laughs) But it's really in your thinking and in your behavior that's where it's really at. In Anchorage, up there in Alaska, we have a considerable population in all of Alaska of about 25,000 black people. Mm. In Anchorage, we have 17-plus thousand black people in Anchorage. Of course, that's clearly about 75% or more of our people that are concentrated where this earthquake just took place. A people that love each other must always stay up to breath on the time and what must be done. Mm-hmm. Again, there's just under 18,000 black people in Anchorage, Alaska. How are they faring? What is their knowledge of disaster preparedness? Or are they, like many of our people, in a state of ignorance? Ignorance is a state of mind that ignores reality. I appreciate so much what I'm hearing. I love you. I'm your brother, and I'm right here, man. I'm right here. And my question would be, what should you do when that happens? If you focus on rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes, all these things will increase, according to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Well, that's beautiful, brothers. Student Minister Rasul, and thank you so much for tuning in to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness and bringing that which Almighty God Allah has blessed you to share with our listening audience. Uh, because when you talk about disaster preparedness, there I could give you uh, physical survival priorities such as food, water, shelter, health and medicine, power communications and sanitation, those are the seven survival priorities. But when you talk about mental, quite a few things came to my mind, beloved, you know, because with this disaster preparedness, there's 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 pre-disaster, there's what to do during the disaster, and then there's post-disaster. Mm-hmm. And so when you used uh, black people being in, Anchorage and and sharing those statistics, well, first of all, we've already been impacted just by the climactic conditions of being here in the wilderness of North America. So whether they call that um, PTSD, post-trauma stress disorder, we could substitute that S for 
post-trauma slavery disorder. And Mm -hmm. so that puts us in a certain mindset, but as you said, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is telling us the time and what must be done and what best way to get through that but to unify. Want for your brother and your sister what you want for yourself because the the thing about disaster is when it strikes, disaster is non-discriminatory. It doesn't care of your ethnicity, your creed, or your color. And when it strikes, there's a partnership that takes place just on the on the uh, level of survival that you could care less what a person's faith tradition is, what their ethnicity is, their nationality. You just want to survive, and you want the best uh, for 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 everybody that's impacted by it while you're going through it. So that's one thing. The other thing is that. Uh, when you talk about the mental, when you go through it, that's why we thank God here on Disaster Awareness for uh, Community Preparedness for those uh, who are in the nation, whether they're part of the Ministry of Health and Human Services or where, whether they're part of the uh, auditing, uh, I don't know if it's called department, technically the nomenclature, but those who are auditors, as Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan instructed us to use as a tool because these things give us an opportunity to have balance even before the disaster strikes and even when you go through it, you know, there are certain, and as you know better than I, exercises, if you will, that you learn that will help give you balance uh, not only prior but during and after a calamity and or disaster. We also thank God for the um, many, many um, friends of ours. You know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan after Hurricane Katrina asked Dr. Ron Daniels of the Institute of the Black World and uh, Baba Leonard Dunstan of the National Association of Black Social Workers if they would consider putting together a coalition, if you will, of black organizations that would assist during – any calamity because of the psychological impact of our people. And we all can reflect on what happened in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina, trees during and after. We all can reflect on the uh, citizens, if you will, of Haiti prior to the earthquake, trees during and after. And so in that coalition of of, of uh, many different black organizations, many of them deal with the mind. It's the uh, black psychologists, the black psychiatrists, the all mental health healers, healers, the uh, National Association of Black Social Workers, to name a few, and they call themselves the Black Family Summit. So since Hurricane Katrina, they've been meeting uh, by way of teleconference uh, every two weeks. And so they deal with the psychological impact of many of the communities, the ones I named, not to mention let us not forget Flint uh, and the water crisis there. Let us not forget all of the cities that that have erupted as a result of police brutality. So the fact that there are organizations like that that can assist our people, that too came to mind. 
and then mm. being a uh, uh, um, a retired fire fighter, if you will, um, Brother Rudolph and I always talk about what is the psychological impact during the event of three basic persons. The one person is the victim. Of course, immediately they want to get saved. But then the first responders. What is the psychological impact of the first responders when they're obligated by their profession to save lives and reduce uh, property damage while their own families are being impacted by the disaster? And then what is the psychological impact of the emergency managers who have everybody under their umbrella that they make sure they return home safely? So the fact that you brought up the the psychological side of things in addition to the metaphysics side, which is all related, is something that, you know, we've dealt with in the past on this program because we've had subject matter experts from those organizations previously named. And um, lastly, um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said to the black leadership the day after 101015 in Washington, D.C., I forgot the name of the hotel, but in the midst of his presentation, he took us into the Bible. Uh, I believe it's Psalms chapter 6, verse 6. Study the ant, O thou sluggard, and become wise. And when you study the ant, you see that the ant prepares for the summertime in the winter and prepares for the wintertime in the summer. And so that's why we're trying to, like a voice crying out in the wilderness, get our people to understand the importance of preparing themselves, not just with the seven survival priorities of food, water, shelter, health and medicine, power, communications, and sanitation, but to also prepare yourself mentally because it's devastating on so many different levels. If I may, um, my dear brother, and I appreciate that wonderful explanation that's very, very important. What I meant by metaphysics is that the mental is the prerequisite intelligence that you have to have before even going into preparedness for what is not current but may come to you. And I was not meaning scriptural, although there is deep scriptural reference, but the disaster preparedness, when you mentioned Katrina, do you remember all those stories about black people that were standing on their roofs and their helicopters and planes and aid would go past them to help white people and people that were in more affluent areas. Mm -hmm. So how do we prepare for the disaster of the reality of racism, the reality that we live in a segregated society and world? And for this thought about those 17 plus thousand people who are black 
in Anchorage, or the 25,000 that are approximate population of black people in Alaska. Civilized nations, um, beloved, if like Japanese or Chinese or even white people, the common thing we see, particularly in disaster, all the way down to just families that are civilized, they look out for their own. That's right. I'm going to say that again. They look out for their own. If there were a thousand women that were complaining about X, Y, Z, the first woman that you're going to look for in that crowd is your wife, your daughter, your mother, your aunt, your near of tie, of relationship, as our Quran teaches. So I can't blame white people if they're looking out for their own. I can't blame Asians who are looking out for their own. I've got to prepare in advance for the division and the numbness amongst our people as black people we hear about the disaster in Alaska, and we don't even think about how many of our people are there. Mm. The mentality, this is the metaphysics that I'm coming from. If something is going on in California, you know, we just sit and watch the television and say, that's a shame. That's mm. a shame. You see? And we wait until what's happening in California, what's happening in the South, what's happening in the North, what's happening in the West, the East, to come to our door. Then we start, oh, God, what am I going to do? You see? So disaster preparedness is a metaphysical equation, thinking in advance. You see, and that's yes. what fundamentally, fundamentally, meta, mental, before the physical thing occurs. And that's the beauty of your conference call here, where you are giving key information. You got to stock up on what? You got to stock up on water. When rain and flood and contamination comes to the water, do you have a stock of water? Yes, we can boil water, but what happens if your stove is not working? Is mm-hmm. there a portable stove? Yes, the lights can go out. The electricity can go out. Do we have any battery, uh, a storage of batteries in our homes where we have a flashlight, where we can keep a flashlight or even keep a lamp? And if those of us could think in advance and say, maybe I should get a little generator. They cost about $4,000. You can get them even less, but you'll only be able to power up so much. But if you get something between four and $6,000, you save up money. You don't just get scared over the number. You're thinking disaster preparedness. 
if I get me a little generator and keep it in my house and a little piece of, uh, and a little can of uh, or, or, or relative in quantity size of a can or bucket or whatever of gas to fuel the generator. Mm -hmm. And then I can use the generator to keep the refrigerator on so my food doesn't spoil enough so that it can keep my radio transistor. Do you have a shortwave radio at home? Real disaster preparedness is mentally putting yourself in the scenario of flooding, the scenario of snow piling up at your door, as we have seen in the past, where some people can't even get out of their home because of the snow, because of the flooding. Or what about war? When people start going crazy and they're just shooting up everything up and down the street. And the, this question was raised to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and his response was, a time would come. Mm-hmm. When all we would be able, keyword, be able to do is go inside our homes and lock the door. What kind of reinforced manual, manual security does your home have? You see? Or is it mm-hmm. easy just to bust into your house? You see? In where I am, we're now being told to put up this uh, plastic um, uh, paper on the windows. Mm-hmm. It is being provided for us in order to protect us from severe cold. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when it gets cold, your natural windows, man, it, 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 it feels like it's actually an air conditioner on high. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I'm looking at the window, and I'm saying, it's not open. Why am I feeling this cold air coming in? Mm-hmm. And this, of course, is brought down by putting those uh, plastic, uh, whatever it is, on the window. And they're supposed to be doing it uh, within the next 24 hours, you know. And that will cut down on your... Uh, electric and energy bill. So, I mean, everything is relative, but one of the most important things is I just wanted to clear up the metaphysical doesn't mean going off into ether matter with the mental. The mental is intelligence, and intelligence is the ability to learn, and the intellect is know-how. So metaphysics, Mm -hmm. that's why I said at first, I don't know what people do in the field of metaphysics. I'm I'm not a student of it as a religion, but just looking at the word and what it implies, go beyond the physical and use your intelligence, the ability to learn in order that you might prepare in advance of a disaster. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for bringing that. Yeah, Allahu Akbar, and, and bringing the clarity as well. You know, one Allah of the quotes of, yeah, mm-hmm. of uh, I believe it was Marcus Messiah Garvey who would say that if our unity doesn't bring us together, then mm-hmm. inevitably 
the conditions will. And so uh. it's so true. <laughs> it's so it's so true that we have to mentally prepare ourselves before uh the the climactic conditions come because no for the surety they're here already. That's right. Um, you know, and many of our Jamaican brothers down in the Caribbean, they would say how Garvey said, look for his return in the whirlwind. That's right. And to look for his return in the whirlwind, that means you look at these hurricanes that come across the Atlantic, they right. start in shallow waters on what? The east, west. no, the west coast, west coast of, of Africa, Africa yes. the ivory coast, mm-hmm. and the storm systems follow the exact same patterns and paths of right. the old slave ships. That's right. That's Look deep. The the and that's a great evidence to show you that the, it is the mindset of man and his transgressions that fuel the storms they face. Mm-hmm. All praise is due. All praise is due to Allah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. My, my dear brother, please continue because we're over here with pen and pad and, and, and taking down all of the wonderful, wonderful articulation of disaster preparedness. Because we know, especially as students of the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable Louis Farrakhan, that is supreme disaster preparedness <laughs> for us. <laughs> we know exactly what you're talking about. And we're so enhanced by what you're saying. Thank you, dear brother. Thank you, brother student minister Rasul. May Allah continue to bless you, sir, and your family. Thank you for enriching our program uh, this afternoon, this evening. Uh, Brothers and sisters, you've just heard from brother student minister Rasul of the Nation of Islam, a beautiful beautiful human being. And, uh, you know, uh, we thank Allah for you and your family for their sacrifice, sir. So may Allah continue to bless you to do what he has in store for you to do. And you know I'm your brother, so if you need me, I'm as close as a phone call. I know that's right. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. All praise is due to Allah. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, as we enter the top of the hour at 4.55, uh, Eastern Standard Time, 4.55, of course, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also encourage you to call in um, at uh, 563-999-3089, and you too can become a part of this conversation relative to uh, disaster preparedness. We gave a report earlier of the um, most recent calamity happening in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, this morning, and of course that'll be ongoing. Um, certainly, you couldn't turn on the news in the last three weeks to a month and not hear about the wildfires in northern and southern California simultaneously. And now, with the fires out, you have rain, which is uh, creating mudslides in that same area. And that happened just after and almost simultaneously of the hurricanes that hit the southeast. I know I had the pleasure, as we reported a week or two ago, to go do a long-term assessment 
a recovery assessment with uh, Brother Captain Dennis Muhammad of the Peacekeepers Global Initiative, and so I saw, got a chance to see firsthand of the devastation of the black community and other communities uh, in Trenton, North Carolina, and New Bern, North Carolina. We were blessed to also collaborate with the uh, Scientology volunteer ministers who also were there with the disaster preparedness team who were working boots on the ground, and it was just a beautiful opportunity to collaborate with them as well as, you know, meet uh, residents in that area. And, uh, I mean, it's long-term recovery. That can be anywhere from three weeks to three years, and more than likely it's closer to three years than it is to three weeks when you talk long-term recovery. That, I believe, was a force of nature that this world called Florence. But then a week right after that or so, uh, in the panhandle of Florida, if you will, and parts of Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Alabama, uh, came what this world called Michael, Hurricane Michael. And then again, as uh, I think our dear brother Rasul is in Chicago just yesterday, eight inches were dropped on Chicago, and there have already been northeasterners in the northeast of this country. So we need to batten down the hatches, brothers. My father used to say the life you save might be your own, and an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So as we are at the top of the hour here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Certainly, as was already mentioned by Brother Rasul, disaster preparedness is not just the physical, but the metaphysical. I mean, we speak about everything on this program, from viruses to vaccines, from flu to fitness, from fire safety education to community risk reduction. And we're constantly asking, as Brother Rasul mentioned in his uh, conversation, that we should be concerned about how do we secure our home. Not just the physical locks, but should something occur uh, and you have to leave, do you have copies of your personal information that you need to take with you? And if the truth be told, there may some, there may be an incident that occurs where it might be best to consider sending your personal information to someone who you can trust out of state. Because, you know, when you talk about Hurricane Katrina or you talk about last year's hurricanes that hit uh, Puerto Rico and uh, the Virgin Islands, people lost everything. And even when in Katrina, people could not prove that they owned the property that they owned because all of their personal information had gotten destroyed and they didn't have a backup plan. So you might want to consider taking pictures of the rooms in your home, putting it on a flash drive, taking copies of information that you need, whether it's uh, the medication that your family members might be on, or whatever it is of personal information, when you talk about um, an emergency 
survival inventory, if you will. There are certain things that you need to consider and make it specific to what your needs are. Everyone doesn't have the same needs. There'll be items that generally everyone will need, but then there'll be items that are specific to your personal items. There'll be items specific to your first aid kit. Again, of course, there'll be specific items when you're talking about copies of your identification and important documents. What about tools and equipment? Brother Rasul talked about generators, investing. Some will, some won't. Some may, some can't. But there are tools and equipment that you should consider. What about protective gear? Do you have, uh, let's say, fire safety education? Do you have a fire extinguisher in your home? What about a smoke detector? What about a carbon monoxide detector? Just in terms of fire protection, these are probably the greatest investments one can have just short of teaching your children the knowledge of themselves. So what about protective gear? Do you have uh, something to cover your mouth and your nose, a mask, if you will, should you need it? These are just some of the things in terms of protective gear. We talked about sanitation. This is something you also need to consider, whether it's disinfectant spray, ammonia, bleach, detergent, bathroom tissue, paper towels. I'm just throwing out a few ideas. And, in fact, if the truth be told, for those of us who claim Islam as our faith tradition, you might even need Janaza kits. You know, disaster preparedness is degree by degree, brothers and sisters. Everybody's not on the same level. You might be taking your first step toward disaster preparedness, or you might be a survivalist, one who can sustain themselves off the grid out in the woods, and everybody else falls somewhere in between. So don't feel uh, as if, you know, I don't know enough about it. No, start where you are. Just something as simple as water. Consider having uh, three gallons or a gallon of water per day for each family member in your household. Let's start there, right? A gallon of water per day for each family member in your household and prepare for just three days. So, for instance, if you have three in your family, times the three days, nine gallons of water. And Brother Rasul brought a, a wonderful question up that came to my mind, what to do when you may run out of water. Well, if you know that a hurricane is coming or if you know you live in uh, logistically an area, topography, if you will, where uh, uh, um, tornadoes happen on a regular basis, you might want to fill your bathtub up with water before it occurs if you know it's coming. You might need that water, you see. And so... Uh, other items back to 
and inventory you want to consider. Communications, old school, pen, pad, paper. If you have cell phones, and many of us almost can't breathe without a cell phone in this society, it appears as though you want to have charges, emergency charges. Even maybe a phone, you just never know uh, what you'll need, but start somewhere. Um, a, a transistor radio, as our dear brother mentioned earlier. What about a ham radio, a two-way radio, or something as simple as a whistle can save your life? Then clothing. You have an extra set of clothing in your car, in your go bag, in your survival kit, thermal underwear. We're in the winter season. Thermal socks, at least two pairs. You know, set up another set of clothing, whether it's a jean, shirt, jacket, hat, gloves. We talked about frostbite earlier. Certainly it's better to have and not need than the need and not have. And then back to that metaphysical, you're going to need something to reduce your stress. So if you're a student of Scripture, you want to have a Bible, a holy Quran, a study guide, something to read, notebooks. And what about your children? Maybe board games or toys, something that helps you reduce your stress during the disaster. And again, we thank Allah for the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for setting up. Certainly we're not in the MGT and GCC classes, but uh, we have wives, Brother Rasul, so we know about that portable stove. We know about canning and jarring, uh, making the preserves and vegetables and fruits in those jars, the staple goods the beans, the rice, the jelly, all of these things are priceless before disaster, during disaster, and after disaster. So, brothers and sisters, I just wanted to give you, lay on your mind, lay a little pressure on your mind about what to consider. Now, what about an emergency plan? In the fire service, we have uh, a term called EDITH, E-D-I-T-H, not that Caucasian woman on All in the Family back in the 80s, I guess it was, or the 70s. But Edith, exit drills in the home. Exit drills in the home. It's an acronym. So do you have an, a family emergency plan? In other words, emergency contacts that you are to call or someone may uh, call to um Help mitigate the situation, if you will. The home address of people in your family, the evacuation location. Do you have a place where everybody is going to go? What about the school address of your children or other family members, the phone number? And, again, they should have an evacuation plan. Do you know if you have younger children and the school has to evacuate where they're going to take your child? These are just some of the things to consider. If there's a library in your area or a family or a friend, you need to know their address, their phone number, the evacuation location. What about access to the phone number of your family physician? 
your family dentist, if you have pets, a veterinarian kennel, and, of course, your clergy. During a disaster, it's going to be too late to be looking for these things. You need to know, again, um, to be prepared is just like the life you save may be your own. What about an out-of-state contact, their name, address, and even a second out-of-state contact, their name, address? Then, believe it or not, you know, we might know, and it might be somebody in your family that remembers everybody's birth date. And you might know one or two people's medical history, but you need to put it in an emergency plan. In other words, every member of your family, their name, their date of birth, their medical history and medication, if they're allergic to anything, or certainly if the emergency medical services or the fire department shows up and they do an assessment, the last thing you want to do is have them apply a medication that your loved one might be allergic to. So these are just some of the things to consider, brothers and sisters. We need you to survive. I know it could be a lot. I, I warned you with the uh, um, uh, early on, we need to take notes. And certainly you can go, and we have archives, uh, shows that you can go and you can hear what we've shared with you thus far. Again, I encourage everybody that's on the line, anyone who has a question, uh, to call in uh, the number and then press number one, and our engineer, Sister Yvette, will be honored to bring you into the line. You're listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I'm your brother, your co-host, Brother Youssef Muhammad, and it gives me great pleasure to come to you uh, this week and every week, sharing the latest uh, up-to-date, if you will, cutting-edge information relative to uh, disaster awareness for community preparedness. Again, you can ask yourself, what of in an emergency someone is just choking? The universal choke sign with two hands at one's neck with an obstructed object in their throat, would you know how to uh, remove the obstruct object? It used to be a, a a maneuver called the Heimlich maneuver. They don't technically call it that anymore because uh, the family of Mr. Heimlich said if all of these professions are going to use his name, then you know, they have a patent on it and they would sue, so they don't call it the Heimlich remover anymore. However, that uh, exercise of removing a foreign object from, from someone's throat if they are choking is critically important. You can't rely, as Brother Rasul said earlier, on even subject matter experts getting to your home in time, particularly as it relates to a disaster, um, you know, response time is critically important. However, you would feel super vulnerable if you're sitting around your table and you're having good conversations, table talks, if you will, and you're engaging in food. I guess they call that mastication. 
and someone begins choking, you would feel vulnerable. You would feel not good if you had to wait on someone to extract a foreign object and you knew nothing about it. So, you know, what if a person is having a heart attack, a stroke? We are experiencing active shooter scenarios more and more uh, today. Do you know how to apply uh, pressure on a wound of someone who may have been cut or shot, Um, whether it's a flood or severe burns? What about somebody with high or low blood sugar with no medicine and hours away from any medical facility? You see, these are the reasons why, as Brother Rasul said earlier, and we certainly agree, that's why we come before you every week, every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, it's critically important to know this time and what must be done. Because if the truth be told, if we don't do for ourselves, nobody's going to do for us that which we can do for ourselves. So we thank Sister, uh, we thank people like Sister Christina Muhammad who has the inner city CERT team. CERT is an acronym for Community Emergency Response Team out of Austin, Texas. She, along with her husband, Brother Reginald, and their son, Brother Tyreek, they have the 10,000 Fearless inner city CERT team, and we thank Allah for them. They went out to L.A. to assist the residents out there. Um, We thank Allah for... Uh, Brother Addington Stewart, President Addington Stewart out of St. Louis, Missouri, who's the president of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, an organization of approximately 5,000 black men uh, men and women all over the continental U.S., and uh, there are members in the Caribbean, in Africa, in the United Kingdom, and in fact, Now that I'm talking about it, I believe there are members in Alaska. So I'm sure our brother, brother Addington Stewart, President Addington Stewart, is trying to make a connection with our members out there in in Alaska. I don't know if brother is in Anchorage or not. Um, However, you know, one of the things about disaster preparedness, as I stated earlier, it brings people together that uh, maybe before never were brought together. And so it behooves us to get it together before it happens. You know, one of the things about community risk reduction, whether it's the 10,000 fearless, whether it's the peacekeepers, uh, global initiative, when you talk about community risk reduction, you're talking about a process to identify and prioritize the local risks, followed by integrated and strategic investment of resources. In other words, emergency response and prevention to reduce their occurrence and impact. So, uh, brothers and sisters, I I know we've had on the show, Brother um, Rasul mentioned uh, generators, There's also uh, a brother that's been on the show, that um, Brother Daoud, who is a consultant relative to Solar Energy, 
Um, if anybody's interested in generators, you can go to Power, P-O-W-E-R-X, generators.com, powerxgenerators.com, or you can call 980-277-1495, or if you, I'm sorry, oh, I thought I heard a voice, and certainly if someone's in the studio, Feel free to ask a question. Maybe not. So anybody interested in learning more about solar energy, um, Brother Daoud, D-A-W-A-D, um, you can go to uh, www.solarwindpower.biz, B-I-Z, and you can learn more about that as well. We're not really here to endorse products. However, we've had subject matter experts that we believe that can be trusted. In fact, we recommend them because in this disaster preparedness business, there's a lot of money in it. And uh, if you don't do your homework, then oftentimes uh, when and if you decide to purchase any materials online, you know, what you see online is not necessarily something that we can uh, guarantee has the best quality. So um, uh, Brother Rudolph, I believe, is in the in the studio. So my dear brother, yes, sir. it's good <laughs> that you stole away, brother. How are you, sir? Oh, due to our love. Yes, sir. Well, beloved, um, we yes, sir. We were blessed to have Brother Student Minister Rasul on the line earlier, who came in and shared his perspective of disaster awareness for community preparedness. And uh, you know, I've just been trying to hold it down, brother, as we do. So the fact that you know we've been joined by our wonderful co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. Let's give him an opportunity to share with us that which has come across his screen since last we came on the air. Brother Rudolph? Thank you, Brother Yusuf. Uh, beginning all things in the name of our Lord of the we thank God for giving us another chance to correct the mistake and another day in his wonderful creation called life. And because we have this we are supposed to do something positive with it. And so offer today is simply, you know, just to remind us that more disasters are on the way. More disasters in the than we've ever seen before. Brother Rudolph, can you hear me? You're coming in a little broken up, beloved. Okay. Can you hear me now? Uh, yes, that's much better, sir. Okay. Yes, I was just saying that, you know, disasters are on the rise. If you have not been in the area to um, be affected by these disasters directly yet, just hold on because your number is coming up. 
as we are coming to a town near you. And they very short. It, it behooves you to get prepared. And when we say prepared, you may know. Because as Joseph always says, disaster preparedness you know, comes in levels or in degrees, just like education and everything else. So, were you in it? You get in from the go bag level, from the uh, um, bat- batteries and flashlight level, from the um, survival kit at level, and you graduated from that level. Does your name next door have theirs? Because in disasters, we are only as strong as our weakest link. And it's okay that you have all of your stuff, but if those that are around you and closest to you don't have theirs, then they will deplete your resources. So the idea is to make sure we all have our resources so that we can survive this thing and come out better than when we went into it. We also need to know that it's not just batteries and flashlights and go bags. There's a whole spiritual side to disaster preparedness. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your what is your like? You know? Like, will your faith uphold you in the um, midst of the turmoil that you're going to be going through? For those who have never been through a disaster, you know, losing everything, having everything last night when you went to bed and then waking up this morning and having nothing, it's a hell of an experience. It's not for the faint of heart, and a situation like that will force you. Call on you believe in, and for real, for real, you will have to rely on Allah, God, and yourself. So, what's your connection to your God like? So for those people say they don't acknowledge the existence of God, okay, that's cool. Queen. Look, Israel, do you? But what are you going to hold on to? Possession by nature. What are you going to hold on to to get you through? So, the base, choking. You deal with because calling. Okay. Yes, going sir. In Can and you out hear me? Again, Brother Budo. Try it again, beloved. You're going in and out. Well, brothers and sisters, you know we always say technology is great. It's just not an exact science. And so hopefully we'll get the technology uh, improved so Brother Rudolph can come through clearer to share with us that which he was attempting to share with us. 
you know, uh, Brother Rudolph, if you can hear me, we also opened up the show uh, with the current event of the disaster that uh, happened in Anchorage, Alaska this morning, the 7.0 earthquake. And so all that you were saying uh, for me was relative to what uh, has just occurred this morning. Brother Rasul, if you're still on the line, I know when you were talking about the metaphysics, and I, I want to share with you oftentimes when Brother Rudolph and I do uh, workshops on disaster preparedness, we uh, share the importance of knowing the terms of that which you might hear on uh, whether it's a weather report or whether in a disaster occurs and you hear the news reporters use certain language. Now, as it relates to an earthquake, and I'm going to read the physical definition, but let us consider the metaphysical connection to the physical uh, definition. When you talk about earthquake, it's defined as a sudden slipping or movement of a portion of the earth's crust accompanied and followed by a series of vibrations. That's an earthquake. We know that after an earthquake, there's usually an aftershock. Aftershock is defined as an earthquake of similar or lesser intensity that follows the main earthquake. Fault, F-A-U-L-T. A fault is a fracture across which displacement has occurred during an earthquake. The slippage may range from less than an inch to more than 10 yards uh, in a severe earthquake. Now, I understand, my dear brother, uh, brother Rasul, you're back with us, sir? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to everything. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. All yes, praises sir. due to Allah. Uh, well, feel free to, to dialogue. Uh, I was just going through the terms, as you know, and I define earthquake, aftershock, aftershock pardon me. Fault. Yes, sir. What's an yeah. epicenter? An epicenter is the place on the earth's surface directly above the point on the fault where the earthquake rupture began. The fault <laughs> slippage begins. It expands along the fault during the earthquake and can extend hundreds of miles before stoppage. Mm. Then there's a term called the seismic waves, which are vibrations that travel outward from the earthquake fault at speeds of several miles per second. Although fault slippage directly under the structure can cause considerable damage, the vibrations of seismic waves cause most of the destruction during earthquakes. And then there's the word magnitude. The amount of energy released during an earthquake, which is computed from uh, the amplitude of the seismic waves, the magnitude of a 7.0 on the Richter scale, indicates an extremely, extremely strong earthquake. Each whole number on the scale represents an increase of about 30 times more energy released than the previous whole number represents. Therefore, 
an earthquake measuring 6.0 is about 30 times more powerful than one measuring 5.0. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I figured you would appreciate those uh, terms, earthquake, All day. <laughs> aftershock, yes. fault, epicenter, seismic waves, magnitude. So if there's anything that you'd like to uh, add on or what Allah has revealed to you relative to what you were able to hear Brother Rudolph speak of or the terms I just shared, the floor is yours, beloved. Allahu Akbar. You know, what, what, what's so beautiful about what you just shared with us on what an earthquake is, what a quake is, and, you know, the epicenter. When, again, if we look at the spiritual and the mental, which Brother Rudolph, unfortunately, we could not hear him too well, but he went to the spiritual and the mental. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is that is the epicenter of everything that goes wrong in your life. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. <laughs> it's the spiritual and the mental. What happens when there is a disturbance in the mind? How mm-hmm. deep is its effect in your emotional constitution? causing a fracture or causing a vault to develop that makes the plates of your physical being <laughs> shift. <laughs> you, look, man, I'm nation of Islam all day, okay? Yes, sir. The supreme wisdom that has been taught to us really is very deep even when we go, no, not even, it's scientific. Mm-hmm. It's scientific. What happens when a tragedy enters the life of our families? What shifts take place under the crust of us? Hmm? Mm-hmm. How were dynamite used 66 trillion years ago? to start this explosions that take place just under the crust and maybe what's called the mantle of the planet. Mm -hmm. What disrupts the mind and its intellectual processing for preparedness of what your vision spiritually may be showing you in advance is coming? What level of communication is there in your household? Many of us, one of the greatest tragedies of our people and other people that have gone through a tragic lifestyle is that we lose our ability to communicate effectively. And if you go to the supreme wisdom in the nation of Islam, look at the great tragedy that you find when you read the lessons that tell us that we will not be successful. I don't care what preparedness 
or operation that you're trying to do. We will not be successful unless we do speak well. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion, beloved, and I'm just excited over all the information that you're giving to us to think about and to actually get outside and do. Get that flashlight. Get the different things that your household needs in preparation of disaster, coupled now in this conversation with what do we need to do to prepare not just the mind, the mental, but also our emotional state and take a look at your communication skills with mm-hmm. your home. Every, if you've got children and even yourself and your spouse that are going in and out of the sanctuary of what's called home, where are you going? I'm just going out. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. See, when they come back, where were you? I was with a friend. I was with a friend. <laughs> Our communication skills is already a disaster. What friends? What time is it? Why are you asking so many questions? Were you paranoid? No. The time in which we're living can make your family member your disaster. Mm, that's right. If you don't know who your children are talking to on the phone, look at how many reports we're getting, you know, young girls talking to men that they haven't even met yet on the Internet. And if your that's level right. of communication in your home and staying in touch and in tune with your family members is such that you don't even know who they're who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. And I got daughters, you know. Young man pull up at the gate, and she's running out the house. Wait a minute, where are you going? Mm-hmm. Who are you going with? If it's a young man, ask him to come on in. We got to go, we got to go. No, no, you don't have to go. Not if you live in this house. We got laws. Go ahead. I need to know who it is you're going with. What's your name, young man? Who are your parents? Where do you live? Write it down. What happens? And and, and we got to teach our children like this. Sweetheart, you know, you say you'll be back at a certain hour, but if you don't come back, who do I call? I don't even know this person you're leaving with. Mm -hmm. That's not just for our girls. Also for our sons. Where are you going, That's right. son? Oh, we, you know, we're just going up to the court. What court? Basketball. We're going to play a little basketball. Oh, okay. Who are you going to play basketball with? Well, you know, there's guys up there, you know, you know, we just, you know, we form teams and we play. Uh-huh. And where exactly is this court at? All right. We'll, we'll take, take, take this phone on you. In case anything happens, what is our preparation for disaster with our children, with our beloved family members? 
What is the communication skills of your household? What are the communication skills of yourself? You know, sometimes I look at these court TVs, and when mm-hmm. I was a minister in Detroit, I used to go into the 36th District Court all the time, man, and I would sit in the back of the courtroom and just watch these cases. Sometimes they're actually innocent, Brother Yusuf. Mm. But because they can't talk, they can't right. communicate. That's real. Yeah. You know, all right, young man, what is what is what, what is your complicity in this matter? Oh, my my who? What's happening, man? So disaster preparedness. Can you see where <laughs> communication skills are absolutely critical? Absolutely. We don't know how to read the signs. We may not even re- know how to comprehend instructions that are being given to you to save your life. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. Intelligence. Build up your ability to learn by learning how to read. How many households don't even know how to read? Mm-hmm. You see? You got through your life this far just being cool. You know? Yo, what up? Okay, if you all of a sudden woke up tomorrow amongst Jap- Japanese people that speak a little bit of English. Yo, what up? What up? Yo, what up? Okay, what is yo, what up? <laughs> what if you're amongst any other people that speak another language and generally the very few words that they may speak in English are words that are on a higher grade of education mm-hmm. or communicative skills than yours? Mm-hmm. You see? Ghetto lingo ain't cool when it comes into a disaster period. Hmm? Being able to communicate, being able to read signs. That's right. You see? It wouldn't be a bad idea to extend your communicative skills into hand and sign language, you see? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be mm-hmm. bad at all. And then in the ghetto where depression is basically the psychology of the people. You know, can you, are you physically fit? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, in the time of a real disaster, overweight, grotesquely obese people that are inside of these homes, apartments, and and projects, you know they're going to die. Disastrous. That's right. Yeah. Your condition is a disaster. So when outside elements and realities hit you, can can you can you run a mile? Can you walk a mile? Mm-hmm. Again in the Supreme Wisdom in our lessons in the Nation of Islam, it talks about in the problem book. Those that cannot even walk up to the corner store. Mm-hmm. Do you have do you have members in your household? You see, whose pulse beat, who have high blood pressure. You see, diabetes. Mm-hmm. 
What if you've got people, family members you're trying to save or neighbors? Do you know what it looks like when they go into a diabetic coma? Do you know what it looks like when their sugar is low, hypoglycemic, or hyper, when it goes high, glycemic? All of that disaster preparedness because each one of us, independent of the outside weather, it's the inside storm that ill prepares us for a time where we may have to hold our own. Are we equipped in our mind to do so? Some people, if you tell them there's not going to be any food today, oh, my God, we're going to die. So disaster preparedness is also preparing yourself for a time where food might be a scarcity. That's right. Do you practice fasting? In the nation of Islam, we're taught to fast at least three days out of every month. Three days. Yes, sir. No food, no solids. And during the month of Ramadan, which is a wonderful disaster preparedness. That's right. We go without food and water, any kind of liquid, throughout the day until sunset, you see, and before sunrise, we can have something to nourish and prepare our bodies. Think over this. Man, this is important. This is all part of disaster preparedness. I I didn't know that I would love being on this call and listening to you, my dear, dear, dear friend and brother, Yusuf, as much as I am, I'm over here doing flips. <laughs> because, you know, one of our main diets in the nation of Islam, I know somebody on the line might be saying, I know, it's navy beans. Yes, but no. What I'm referring to as our main diet is information, knowledge. That we That's can right. use. You see? What do we do? How long can the human being go without water? How long can the human being go without oxygen? Of course, that's much, 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 much less. But we need to know this. See? Knowledge, information in advance is preparation and preparation to the human being causes other aspects of your being to ready itself. Do you know when you're in panic mode, your body automatically, without your mind dictating anything, your body automatically prepares itself for the impact Mm -hmm. of a confrontation? Automatically. It reduces the sensory of pain. Think over this so that you don't panic at the first sense of pain. No, you're prepared for it, so you you may not feel it. Think over this. There's so much involved. If we study the human being itself, we can learn a heck of a lot about disaster preparedness. You see? With that word luck, Brother Yusuf, which is called preparation, meet, and opportunity. 
because no opportunities mm-hmm. ever came to the unprepared. That's right. Look at the wisdom in that word, luck. Luck. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, for those that win the disasters and the judgment of America comes, think over this. He already said to us <laughs> that those that would survive, they would be lucky, the lucky ones. Why did he use that term, lucky? Hmm? Well, luck means preparation, meeting opportunity. So if you mm-hmm. decode the word luck, what the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was saying is, that the few that would make it, the few, he said, that would make it, I repeat, the few, which he also described would be so much, such a little number that they could all get into one taxi cab. Mm-mm-mm. That's scary. But Mm-mm. he said that you'd be lucky if you survive. Luck is not some hocus-pocus occurrence. No, luck is preparation to the intelligent. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Once again, because no opportunities ever came to the unprepared. We have to prepare for famine, the scarcity of water, clean water. What can you do if you can't distill it? Think over this. What water should you drink? Shouldn't you drink? Think over this. What foods can you eat? You see? How do you survive? How many of you prepare your family and your children that you say you love so much? You see? How well prepared are they? Think over this. And they go in and out of your house all day long, and just when you get tired of it, you kick them out, but you kick them out unprepared. Once again, luck means <laughs> preparation, meeting opportunity, because no opportunities ever came to the unprepared. Just take some of our people that say, ain't no jobs. That's not true. What do you mean, ain't no jobs? You mean there's no jobs for your set of skills? Like <laughs> Liam Eason said in that movie, Taken, I have a set of skills. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> and he did. That's right. What set of skills do you have? You see? There's something we should ask ourselves. What set of skills do I have to handle rain incessant and flooding that comes from it? What kind of set of skills do I have to handle snow? piled up outside my door and ice and hail dropping from the sky the size of golf balls. What kind of skills do I have to handle hurricanes, tornadoes, twisters? What set of skills do I have to handle an earthquake? Think over this. How prepared are the members of my household for any of these such events, 
What are my communication skills? What happens if a storm is already fueling at home with my wife? And every time we get an attitude that's negative and we're upset and we're angry, it don't matter whether or not it's justified. What matters is that you know how to survive. Because mm-hmm. we're always going to have differences, but what do you do when you have those differences? Do you know how to sit down with your wife? Or does your wife know how to sit down with the husband and say, look, you know, we've got flooding outside. I know we've got differences, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, sweetheart, but I think we need to put our minds together because I can see the water seeping through the door. The downstairs basement is already full of water. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. baby now has has caught a cold or the baby got the flu. We can't get out and get any pharmaceuticals. Sweetheart, do you know what kind of tea, what kind of herbs, what kind? Do we have any? What's our stock looking like? See? The more secure you and your family are, the more chances of peace and survival you will also have. You know I can go and go and go and go, Brother Eustace. Yes, sir. I'm just loving you. I already love you, so I'm, I'm here. And yeah, I and yeah, I wish know. I could have heard more, our dear brother Rudolph. Yeah, let's see if he's still on the line. Brother Rudolph, were you able to come back, sir? No, he must be in a in an atmosphere that's enabling him to uh transmit clearly. But uh exactly. hopefully, hopefully he got a chance to hear your beautiful uh response to that which has been already laid out and the fact that you, um, you know, without knowing, brother, you became the co-host today. So we are eternally <laughs> grateful. <laughs> Do I need to give you, you my address for for my paycheck? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to sound like I'm Hebrew or anything, but trust me, it's in the mail, you know. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> yes, sir. Our reward is with our Lord, man. That's right, that's right. But I, I must and, say on behalf of the listeners of Disaster Awareness, Community preparedness. We've been deeply enriched by your scholarship, by your wisdom, by sharing your heart. That which you see relative to what we should consider seeing as it relates to disaster awareness for community preparedness. I mean, you said so much that came to my mind. Of mm. course, if you're talking about and I know you are, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you know, when he says, watch the weather. And, you know, that's a climactic terminology. They say Mm. storm watch, or they say Mm. storm warning. And he is a warner to the nations of the world. And so for you to represent him, you know, what came to mind were those two atmospheric climactic terms of watch and warning. And then when you talked about the husband and wife having dialogue and the importance of language and how to speak as we are taught in the uh, supreme wisdom. And the proper handling of each other. (laughs) Of course. The proper handling of the people. It made me think of 
conflict resolution centers that although they may not be developed the way Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has envisioned them, this is something we need to consider whether or not we have auditors as a part of the conflict resolution center or the National Association of Black Social Workers or the American Black Psychiatrists or Black Psychologists. We need conflict resolution centers for all the scenarios you laid out. And then after a catastrophe, there's another institution called Trauma Recovery Centers. And you may also need the same type of uh, subject matter experts or personnel, if you will, in the trauma recovery centers, which, I mean, Certain hospitals have what they call trauma recovery centers. But, again, nobody can do for us better than we can do for ourselves. So in listening to what you shared, it reminded me of that. Again, that in addition to, of course, you asked early on what can we do. And whether it's uh, accumulating the gallons of water or the other items I mentioned, Beyond that, if we unify, as you said we should do, yes, we could develop, as our dear sister out in uh, Austin, Texas, has done, and our dear brother, Brother Henry, has done up in Connecticut, they developed their own CERT teams, C-E-R-T, Community yes. Emergency Response Teams, where everybody who has some type of expertise can come together or whether you're willed or skilled, if you just have the heart to come together, then we'll be better off today than we were yesterday. And then also tapping into our networking system of those who are subject matter experts. I mean, we've had on the show Brother Student Minister Abdul Halim Muhammad out of Houston. As you know, he held a fort down when they were impacted by the hurricane last year. But he is a he is he is a degreed in infrastructure systems and housing right. and economic recovery and cybersecurity uh. and operational coordination. So, you know, these are just the things that came to my mind as you laid uh, your base today and as you carried on the uh, conversation as Allah guided you. So, uh, again, on but you behalf know- of disaster. I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to interject real quick. See, the example of our student regional minister over the southwest region of the Nation of Islam, he's a good example of not just being preachy of the mm-hmm. word, but he's skilled. Mm-hmm. He's skilled in an area that knows the science of what to do and how to calculate where to go within a city because he studied that kind of engineering science, the layout Mm -hmm. of a city. Think over this. When disaster comes and they just had all that flooding and the storm uh, system that was there that hit Houston, Texas, out of the Gulf of Mexico. See, being skilled, and that's how. It's 
Islam began. 1,400 years ago, there were often little tribes of nomadic Arabs that had as their leader young boys that were 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, leading a whole group of people of a particular tribe in the desert. And what were his qualifications? It was based on whoever knew best the Holy Quran. Mm-hmm. And so he became what's called an imam. An imam is, you can narrow it down to one who leads in prayer, and that's very important too, because there's some situations where I don't care what your preparation is, if if you're armed with the knowledge of how to supplicate to the Lord of all the worlds, the creator himself, That's a great number one principle in disaster preparedness. Do you not just do you have a flashlight? Do you know how to pray? (laughs) Because invariably you may get a situation or circumstance in this disaster where only God can get you out. Like those surgeons in the hospital that when they start operating and they look at a problem, once they go inside, they come out. And they tell you, well, we've done everything we can do. Some doctors will go so far as to say, it's all up to God. Mm-hmm. You see? That's right. So mm-hmm. do you all know how to, to dial uh, uh, 911 the Lord? <laughs> say say, say the, world's greatest, the, the world's greatest uh, wireless connection. Absolutely, because the greatest disaster in the absence of that connection is everything we see, including, if not starting with, the weather. Remember, from the scriptures, it's real. All of these things are caused, rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes, they're caused by the Son of Man. That means, in one sense, God has control over them, and in another sense, since it was all made subservient to man, as the scriptures put it, then that means the inner state and mind of man is the epicenter of what occurs on the outside of man, starting with the weather. It is fueled by the thinking, the actions, the deeds, the behavior of human beings who are fashioned after God. That's the real metaphysics for salvation. The metaphysics for disaster preparedness is making sure your mind and thinking is in sync with God. Not to be pompous, but to just save your life. How about that? And save the life of your family, loved ones, and about your community. How about that? And about saving lives with a healthy respect for life. I don't care if you're black, brown, red, yellow, or white. The instinct of a healthy-minded human being has compassion for all life. Not just those who you prefer, but life. Because wherever there's life... There is God. 
because that's how God manifests himself in this physical material universe. It is through human beings. Human beings. Well, good brother, we have come to the conclusion of this week's show. And again, we thank Allah for you, beloved, for your participation, for your contribution. And, uh, oh, man, look, it goes without saying. We thank Allah for you, and you know I don't really say much other than we thank Allah for your family and their sacrifice as well. So may Allah continue to bless you as I close us out, as we normally do. And uh, don't make it. The, the first and only time, beloved. You, you're welcome on this show at any time. Allah inspires you to come on. All right. I can so, express my uh, 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 joy and inspiration in one word, being with you on this line. Boom! Shakalaka. <laughs> I want to take you higher. I want to take you higher. Brothers and sisters, we been blessed to hear from Brother Student Minister Rasul Muhammad of the Nation of Islam. We are eternally grateful for his contribution uh, today. Allahu Certainly Allah. we, Allahu Akbar. Certainly we welcome you to join us next week, same time, same station. We come before you every Friday from four o'clock to six o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as our dear brother talked about saving a life, it brings me to two particular scriptures. And whoever saves a life, it is as though he has saved the lives of all men. That comes That's out of right. the Holy Quran, Surah number 5, Ayat number 32. And also, this scripture that comes from Proverbs 22, verse 3. And a prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. <laughs> the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So, brothers and sisters, even with these few words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Thank you for joining another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. As I greet you in peace, assalamu alaikum.
Somebody 
in a word Are a Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.